welcome. It's the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. The Fan Checkdown is presented by ProLine Plus, the only sportsbook where 100% of the profits go back to Ontario. So we await um, our pal Adam Rank here. And usually he joins us by the wonderful app Opal. Um, But today he's in Vegas. He said, my computer is dead. I'm a mess. Can we do this over the phone? (laughs) And I said, of course we can. Vegas gets the best of all of us, doesn't it? And I also don't know how much I trust the Wi-Fi at uh, at said hotel. Although I feel like he's at the Venetian. I think I I feel like he upgrades. He's like, yeah, you know what? Or the NFL upgrades him. Give me the the Wi-Fi that's strong on all ten devices. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Boy, I wish I hope we can go to the Super Bowl next year because. I've seen some, not that we're super important because we're not, well, you're more important than I am, but not that we're all super important over here, but I've seen some people that are there and I'm just like, really? You, you probably don't need to be there. Care to name names? No, no, I will not do that. But what I will say is someone who is important that is in Vegas, whose computer is dead, probably because he was out partying late last night is our next guest. It's Adam Rank from the NFL Network and the sick podcast with Adam Rank. Are you okay? Do we need to send help? No, not at all. Okay. I mean, like, I should have I should have dressed maybe a smidge warmer. It's seven degrees right now, but I think I'll manage. Um, and I just didn't, yeah, I just didn't plug in my stuff when I got in. <laughs> you know, you, you get into town and you're just like, you know, you're just here meeting people, doing whatever, seeing the sights, and uh, mistakes happen. That's okay. Honestly, if there was ever an excuse for it, it would be being in Vegas for the Super Bowl. So you you haven't been there all that long. But what are the early impressions of what's going on in the city right now? You wouldn't know there was a Super Bowl here. Because it looks like Vegas Vegas. every other day. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it looks like Vegas. It's such an event town that it's really not – there's really nothing that that stands out to it. And it's – I mean, not in a bad way. Like, it's fun. Like, I've I've come down to, to Vegas for many a times for be it March Madness be it, you know, any any boxing match, UFC, anything like that, wrestle, wrestling. And uh, it's just like, ah, it's just Vegas. It just handles. And as a matter of fact, talking to people who work in the industry, they're kind of like, they like having it here. And I think the city of Las Vegas loves having it here because they love events. And they love being legitimized by having a Super Bowl. But at the same time, for the casinos, they're like, yeah, we're, we've, we're not having players. Like, the, the league hotel is at the Cosmopolitan, or I think there's a lot of league employees who are at the Cosmopolitan. That's tough for the Cosmopolitan because those people aren't allowed to gamble at all. So you're giving up, you know, like you're, you're making a trade-off right now for something like that. So it is, it is a little weird, but I'm, I'm curious. This will be my first opportunity to get to the media center today to go see what that's like. So I'm anxious to see that. So this is something I think about often because I have too much time on my hands. We've got the NBA All-Star game coming up in Indianapolis. That's great for the Hoosier State. I feel like you get a new arena, you get an All-Star game, and you should never get one ever again. We, we should keep this to a tight group of cities that host NCAA tournaments, the Super Bowl, etc. Vegas now firmly in that group. Next year, Super Bowl, New Orleans. Firmly in that group. 
Give me your American cities that should be on the rotation to host Super Bowls. Well, for me, the Super Bowl, I think one of the things that happened when the Chargers moved to L.A., it kind of, it took out a great city. Like San Diego is so much fun, especially the downtown area, the gas lamp area, where if the Chargers had built a stadium near Petco Park, it would be amazing. And it would be part of the, part of the four cities that would make up acceptable Super Bowl hosts that include like Miami, New Orleans, San Diego, and then you could do a rotating like once every four years, somebody like Indianapolis, Minnesota, somebody else gets into the mix. I really do believe that I wish they would just go and they'll never do this, but I wish they would just go and build a stadium in San Diego, which was just set up for the Super Bowl. And like that was the city. They won't do it because you make too much money and you make all these cities go through hoops and, you know, everybody has they, the NFL loves when people beg them for things like, oh, please, please, sirs, host your Super Bowl here. Um, <laughs> so they love that kind of thing. They, they love being in demand. But I would love it if it was like a thing like, hey, we're going to San Diego. Like you win the AFC or NFC championship game, like we're going to San Diego or whatever it is, because uh, it would be acceptable. But then it would take places like New Orleans out of the mix. Even New Orleans would be great. Like you can move the Saints somewhere. Although they have a great fan base, you would never want to do that. But, like, I think that those New Orleans, Southern California, one of the, one of the Florida states. Although I do, you know, it's weird, is, like, Minnesota was a fun place to have a Super Bowl. Indianapolis was a fun place to have a Super Bowl. And I think if Chicago ever gets their stuff together and has an indoor, like, arena, indoor, arena, indoor stadium, that would be an amazing place for a Super Bowl. I tend to agree with that. I, I do like the idea of a rotation, but there are certain cities that they just do a great job of, of hosting. I, that's why I think like Vegas, you know, I think the, the beauty and, and what you've kind of described is for Vegas, it, the city doesn't change because the Super Bowl is there because it's always like that. Like there's always something going on and, and the, the city of, of Las Vegas has become a sports hub, or at least it's becoming like, you know, they've got the, they've got an NFL team. They got an NHL team, an MLB team is going, although the, the mayor does not want the major league baseball team to come there, just stay in Oakland. Um, And they're going to get an NBA team as well. It really has become, uh, you know, dare I say it's going to become the epicenter of of sports and and events even more so than it already was because they were so limited before. No, absolutely. I mean, again, they're in the mix and they will be in the mix forever. You get kissed into this rotation. I mean, the Super Bowl is already going back to SoFi Stadium in a couple of years, but it'll be the list is getting longer now. Because as you said, like New Orleans is in, Tampa Bay is in, Miami. Then you have uh, Los Angeles with SoFi. Arizona. You know, I, Arizona is always in there. And Arizona is always a tough one, too. I, always, I was kidding with some people last night. You know, we're out there, you know, getting food or whatnot. And uh, we went to this place, this, uh, this restaurant. It was, about, it was about 930. And we walk in, and the place was like, yeah, we're closing up. Like, or, or I'm like, what? I'm like, what is this, Arizona? What are we in, Gilbert? Like, what is that? Like, you're close. This is Las Vegas. You guys, like, Las Vegas does have that reputation. Like, it is a 24-hour town. But, like, the, the restaurants and stuff do close early. You're like, oh, geez. Like, you got to be on you got to be on point. You can't just be, you know, lackadaisical or just kind of meander places. Like, okay, we, yeah, we got to hustle. Um, 
But yeah, Arizona's in that mix as well. So I just feel like it's just going to be one of those things. And and again, once I get out, once I get on the strip, you know, once I see the big nacho, or the big chip, as they call it, you know, it'll be interesting to see what it is. But it, it's funny too because I remember years ago, back when the draft was held in New York, you would never know the draft was there unless you were actually on what was it Fifth Avenue, wherever Radio City Music Hall is, unless you were in the vicinity of Radio City Music Hall, you would not know that it was a there was there was a draft going on. As a matter of fact, I went to a restaurant three blocks away from Radio City Music Hall back in the day, and uh, I was talking to the lady. She's like, oh, what are you in for? I'm like, the NFL draft. She's like, what's that? I'm like, the thing that's over at Radio City Music Hall? She's like, yeah, I don't even, I, I don't know. And like, <laughs> Vegas has that sort of feel so far, so we'll see how it goes. There, there's been a couple of signs up, but those signs would be up anyway. Because this town is sold out during the Super Bowl. It's funny because everybody's freaking out about, like, how are we going to get out of Vegas Monday morning? I'm like, they, they deal with this every year during the Super Bowl. Like, it's not something that's unusual for them. The other thing we deal with every year during the Super Bowl, which is now not unusual, is a turf controversy. People are slipping on the turf. Is it Florida grass? Is it California grass? What is the gravity of the grass? Is it 50 or 70 or 100? Is this a real story? Are the Niners just ornery? Or is there a competition issue because the Chiefs have an indoor and outdoor facility they can practice on, and the Niners are stuck on some soft turf. You know, it's kind of funny that they, the Chiefs have access to an indoor facility and the 49ers don't. And I don't know what the, what the change would be. Like if you would go to like Cox Pavilion, right, right next to Thomas and Mack Center, and throw down some turf and go in there and uh, see if it could work. But it is. It is a little interesting. And I know that the facility at UNLV is much improved. They used to practice, like back in the day, like from Randall Cunningham up until about five years ago, they used to practice in this place called Rebel Arc because the P in Park fell and they never changed it. Like it was just like, it was just dilapidated and it was garbage. But then the Fertitas, you know, of UFC fame of like, if you go to Landry's or one of those things, they rebuilt a facility. So it is super nice. It is a super, like, like, really nice facility, like nice grass, everything like that. But it is outdoors. And I think that the NFL should have made a, an arrangement like, uh, you guys can't go inside. Like, that's, that seems a little skewed. Like, I'm not even a 49ers fan or anything, and I'm not one for conspiracy theories or anything like that. But there is something about, like, be outside. And I, I don't know, maybe the NFL kind of assumed that the Chiefs would, like, do the right thing. and that, Or perhaps they just didn't realize that, yeah, there's, there's weather in Vegas. It's not, you know, year-round sunshine, that there's going to be a little bit of rain. And perhaps uh, if it does, if the situation does present itself, maybe not go inside because that's not cool. But, you know what, these teams, competitive advantages and things like that, they're going to take, they're going to do it. So I... I do think I, I don't know if it's a full blown controversy, but I do think it's kind of a weird move, or it's just kind of like that's a little uncool that they're practicing indoors when the 49ers don't have that opportunity. Everyone at this point, because we're still a little ways away from just the hardcore X's and O's conversations, at this point, 
props uh, are big conversation. And I think of game script. I think of scenarios. And I want to check in with you. Yeah. Is there a scenario that the Chiefs win and the MVP of the game is not Patrick Lamar Mahomes II? I think I got that right. Like, does Isaiah Pacheco right. have to rush for 250 yards? Or does Kelsey have to propose in the end zone? Like, what is the scenario? Because we haven't had an MVP running back since Terrell Davis. I think if McCaffrey wins. Should have been James White the year they beat the Falcons. But anyway. You could make an argument it should have been a running back the year when Mahomes won his first MVP. But I I like potentially an MVP in this game as a running back on both sides. Maybe it's because I was a former running back. But but talk to me. What, What do you like in that sense? Yeah, I think once the quarterback gets his initial Super Bowl MVP, it's it's easy to go ahead and find somebody else. Like, okay, like when you're a player like of, of Patrick Mahomes' stature, the first time you win a Super Bowl, you're the automatic MVP. It's an unwritten rule for the league, and you got to go out and do that. And so I feel like that first time, like I agree with you, Patrick Mahomes probably wasn't the MVP of that game, but he gets it. You think back to Peyton Manning when he won his first or he won his only Super Bowl MVP. Don Robes, Bob Sanders were much bigger influences than that. And they go out there and, but, you know, like, oh, we got to give Peyton Manning the Super Bowl MVP award. And the second time he wins in Super Bowl 50, uh, it goes to Von Miller, rightfully so, because that's who it was. And had Peyton Manning never won a Super Bowl, he would have been the MVP in that game. Like, it just, it's just that kind of thing. Like, they, they almost treat it like a lifetime achievement award where they're like, Hey, you know what? Like, here you go. Like you get to be the Super Bowl MVP. So I think that this year, if it is something where Isaiah Pacheco goes out there, hits 120 yards, rushes for a couple of touchdowns, they'll give it to him. If Rasheed Rice does something amazing, they'll give it to him. Travis Kelsey, uh, if he has a game like he did in the AFC championship game, he'll get looked at for the Super Bowl MVP. So, yes, it does open up the field. So if you're sitting here, you know, looking at the board about, like, who could win Super Bowl MVP, uh, they'll give it to him. The only thing I will say is that Brock Purdy is not in that classification. So if the 49ers were actually, they, they will go out of their way not to give it to Brock Purdy. Like, Brock Purdy could have a Steve Young-like performance and throw for 516 yards. And they'll be like, and the Super Bowl MVP is Debo Samuel. You know what I'm saying? Like Nick Bosa, seven way. pressures. It's like, no, it's Kyle exactly, Shanahan, yeah. Super Bowl MVP. Kyle That's Shanahan. Right. Exactly. They won't go out of their way not to give it to uh, to, to Brock Purdy, but yeah, Mahomes is uh, he's favored, but uh, it's not as automatic as it would be had he never won a Super Bowl previously. Somewhat similar, but different question. And again, this is how my odd mind works. So we talked about this earlier this week on the show that our friends at Disney will pre-negotiate with people who might have a big game so that everything is done, I's dotted, T's crossed. If you are the person, we come right to you, you've got the camera and you say, I'm going to Disneyland or World, whichever one you prefer. They've got a couple people in each roster. Who's the lowest person on that list? Like, whose marketing manager got an email with Disney in the subject? Like, oh, this is interesting. Like, did Legereus Sneed get an email? Give me, like, the most obscure no, name. No, no, no. Give me the name. Give me the most obscure. Kyle Juszczyk. Did he get an email? Like, who's the, the lowest person on that depth chart? 
I feel like Disney had a uh, rescind on their email that they sent to Brock Purdy. <laughs> like, what? Didn't mean, didn't mean to send that to you. Recall. I'm, I am so, recall that one. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, Wait, actually, let's let's tackle Rice. that. Do you ever recall? Like, is there? Do you, no. when you recall, do you not just bring attention to you sent it to people you shouldn't have sent it to? Do you not just let it ride and hope that it was an automatic delete? Hope for the best. I do remember one time the um, one of the managers at the NFL Network sent out sent an email, and he talked about this kid who worked there, <laughs> and they were talking about like how unmotivated he was, and like yeah, he was like, you know, like, and uh, they had to recall, and I was like one of the few who was working early enough on a Saturday morning that saw it. And the kid who they were talking about was oh, there, and he oh, saw it. No, oh, no. And he, he he thought it was fun. Well, he thought it was funny. He's a he's a stand-up comic, um, and so he he was just there. He he knew like he didn't care. Like he was like, ah, oh, it's kind of funny. And now it's part of. I'm pretty sure he used it in his act where he talks about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the great. recall like that is actually very effective, and it recalls it. But then people would you know they're like, who would think? They sussed out who was working on Saturday morning. Like, who was there? Who saw this email? What was it about? You're like, yeah, Sean got, they said Sean was unmotivated and, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, it's true. Um, you can ask him. He'll tell you. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, they're, I'm trying to think of the, the 49ers probably have a pretty wide net because, again, for the Chiefs, you're looking at Mahomes and Kelsey. Like, that's it. Like, even if they don't win Super Bowl MVP, you're like, those are the two guys we care about. Like Isaiah Pacheco, like, nah, like we're no, not doing no, no Chris Jones love. No, nothing. no, 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 no. Like people don't care. And you're like, what about the, the 49ers? I think of like the people you would want, because like you sort of want somebody who's well-known and uh, to win. And I think that you would look at Christian McCaffrey, but like George Kittle is like your guy, like please yeah. George Kittle win. Would Kyle use checks wife, make cool coats. For Disney, like probably, like that would be an interesting. Like I, I think Kyle Uzcheck's wife would be above Kyle Uzcheck. You know what I'm saying? Like you're like, hey, you know what? And she makes because it's such an interesting story. Like that she makes those jackets for Taylor Swift and all her entourage. So um, maybe it is Uzcheck. Maybe it is. I was gonna say I, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't. There is a wider. There is a wider. Brandon Ayuk. Maybe I don't know. Juwan Jennings. Like he was like, hey, like, oh, is this guy gonna win? <laughs> the the best part the best part about Yuschek is he's the guy who has the famous spouse that you're like, yeah, we're gonna invite. We don't really like him that much. We're gonna invite him to the party yeah. because his spouse will come or her spouse will come or whatever this is. Yeah. That's what Kyle Yuschek kind of feels like, even though he's a very very good football player. Anyway, great player. Um, okay, so I wanted to throw some prop bets at both of you guys. So Donovan and I did this one already, and we know Donovan's answer and mine was the same. The anthem over or under 90 and a half seconds. And I will say this only two since Whitney Houston did it in Super Bowl 25 have been under that number. And Billy Joel got really close in Super Bowl 41 at uh, 90 seconds on the dot. Oh, wow. So they, what, what's the trend? Is it mostly goes over? Mostly goes over, but a lot of people are saying yeah. like Reba's fast. Reba doesn't need the attention because she's a big. She's been a star for a long time. I feel like Reba's going to milk this one. That's why I went what over. And Donovan yeah. said the same. Yeah. Uh, why would you not? Like I would take that opportunity to be like, you know what? Uh, this is my moment. I don't care how famous you are. Like you're singing 
the anthem of the Super Bowl. Like, you really need to go out there and make sure that you are taking every moment, soaking in every every opportunity to go out there and uh, be a part of this. So I, I would, I, I'm, I feel the same way. Like that was the thing. Like what was it? It, it was uh, Craig Shoemaker did a did a famous bit on that on the anthem singer. Like like it would almost range in five minutes for me. Like I would really <laughs> just really get into it and uh, really drag it out and make sure everybody was watching me. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna take the over on that as well. Okay, so this one for both of you. Jersey number of the first TD score over or under 22 and a half. This feels like a touchdown. It feels like an over for me. Like, unless you think Isaiah Pacheco is going to rumble down the field and score. Like, I mean, well, I guess there's some others that are in that conversation as well. You you would have, uh, you you got the two quarterbacks. Yeah. The quarterback, Devo McCaffrey. Isaiah Pacheco, Kelsey, she Rice. You know, Kelsey's over. Um, oh, no, you said you said twenty two and a half. Yeah, over over under twenty two and a half. Well, I'm going over. McCaffrey's twenty three. Yeah, see so that that was the you're one. You're giving that, me McCaffrey oh, right. and Kelsey. I'm going over. Yeah, see that. I, I don't need to hear anything else. Yep. So you're going you're right. with quality yeah, over quantity, Donovan. I'm going at quantity of touches. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's fine. Yeah. So did that's that, a great call. Does I that forgot. change your answer now? Yeah, um, but then you have so you have Debo, Rasheed Rice, Ayuk. and Ayuk, and uh, Pacheco, Mahomes, Purdy. Pacheco. Is Jarek McKinnon playing? Because yeah. he's he always scores in the in the Super Bowl. Now apparently, Jets, Jets out now. Jets apparently going to be out. Oh man, that's such a tough one. Terry's Tony is under as well. It's tough. <laughs> oh, watch him score. Kadarius Tony, probably. Oh, oh God, is he playing? Oh my God, I don't even know if he's playing. No, is he even here? Apparently he is. Apparently he said okay. when he, he they asked about him being a wide receiver one, and he says, "Yeah, when I get when I have the ball in my hands," he which was, is not very often. He yeah. was at opening night and said he was not taking shots at the Chiefs. He was taking the shots at Giants fans who were getting at him in in his comments. What a disaster. Okay so, uh, okay, so did you decide over or under 22 and a half for the jersey number for the first touchdown? You know, I'm going to pass. I'm going <laughs> to be like, ah, we're good. Okay. Uh, before we get into this one, do you have a favorite halftime show to date? Of all time? Yeah. I think given everything that was happening at the time, I'm... I think U2 was really good, given what happened that year. Like, if you just watched U2's halftime performance, you'd be like, yeah, okay, this is fine. Uh, but when you were sitting there, you know, months removed from 9-11, like, you really loved that. Like, it was really emotional. It was really touching. Yep. I do. So, I was one of the best ones that I saw live was Bruno Mars was actually fantastic. Nobody talks about that one. Like, I, I know everybody's going to say Prince, and rightfully so. And I'm like, okay, I'll just give that answer. It's Prince uh, in the rain doing that thing. Prince is number one. He's the GOAT. Uh, there's no need to debate that. But live, I thought Bruno Mars, uh, and I was there for the Destiny Child thing. Um, I thought Bruno Mars was excellent as a wild card. Nobody talks about, but was really a, a great performance. And, of course, I'm a Red Hot Chili Peppers guy. And it was super cold. I think, again, it was like single digits. It had to be like six degrees that day, even if it was even that warm. 
and uh, Anthony Kiedis was out there going shirtless. Like that was that was amazing. Uh, I thought that was a very underrated one, but if I had to pick one, it would obviously be Prince. Donovan. I mean, I'm a prisoner of the moment, and for my youth, the halftime shows were not for me. They're for you know, not even my parents, someone else's parents. But I loved Rihanna last year, number one. Uh, I loved the baby reveal. I loved the catalog being so deep. But especially given that it seemed for a while that, yeah, um, no hip-hop artists are ever going to do the Super Bowl halftime again post uh, Colin Kaepernick. I loved... Dr. Dre yeah. and 50 Cent and yeah. Eminem and Kendrick Lamar. And Mary J. Blige. Correct. Really yep. good. Yeah, so, so that would be the one for me if I had to pick one. Yeah, that's mine too. That was, to me, that was like, ah, I remember those days. Yeah, that was a while ago, and that was pretty darn cool. And they were awesome. That was the other part. Yes. Okay, so now that we've got that one out of the way, um, first, are you a big Usher guy? Like, do you know his catalog? Because yeah. I'm not a big Usher guy, so... I'm, I, I I'm only not the know person from the movie, um, She's All That. Okay. <laughs> so, first Usher song to be sung. You've got, the, this is all based on uh, odds from um, highest to lowest. Uh, yeah, DJ Got Us Fallen in Love. OMG, I know it's Oh My God. Uh, you Make Me Wanna, Caught Up, My Boo, Confessions Part 2, Good Good, My Way, Love in This Club, and more. That is my favorite value play, is more. Yeah. You can take that's some really of those right one. off the list. That's what like, I think, too. He's not starting with a ballad. That's of not, course not. That's not happening. No. But th- th- that's what the odds... I saw the odds, and I was like, mm, Like, mm, the lights really. go low, and he's not going to be like, you got it, you got it. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. I, it's, yeah, that's it's, very true. It's, yeah, it has to be, yeah. And that is the odds-on favorite by a long shot. That's not even remotely close. As it should be. How about you, Rank? What do you think? Yeah. You're going with that no, one, too? I, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement, yeah. But again, if they do not do an homage to, what was it, a Chemical Brothers song, the Funk Soul Brother, uh, whatever they, they, that dance they did and She's All That, if there is not some element of that, it'll be wildly disappointing. Wait. I think it'll be uh, a, a fail. Funk's, wasn't that, that was, um, oh, my God. That was Fat Boy Slim, and the Fat song Slim, is... Yeah, Rockefeller Skank. That's the one. Am I allowed to say that on the air? Oh, I guess I just did. So, well, whatever. You just did. Yeah. Right. So, that's a, okay. That's out of the bag now. Yeah. Usher over or under eight and a half songs? Ooh. I can't, I, I, outside of the ones that I named that were written down for me, I can't name nine Usher songs. So, I would go under. I'm going to go under as yeah. well. Yeah. He has 13 I'd minutes. Under, yeah. That still feels like an under for me. Doesn't it? Like, Can I ask a clarifying question, even sure. though like, it goes I, against I the prob- point of this? Yeah, I probably can't answer it, but go ahead. Songs from him or songs total? Like if he brings out Little John no, I think and Little John I, gives I think you two. I think it's the whole performance. Okay, I'm still going under. I just wanted to know yeah. exactly what we're talking so about. So why did you ask the question then if you knew you were going under anyway? Because I wanted the audience to be able to play uh, along. The audience knows. Yeah. Come on. Okay, here's this is a really interesting one because somebody's going to be in the building but I don't know that they are going to make an appearance. Special guest appearance by odds, highest to lowest, Alicia Keys, Post Malone, Ludacris, Lil Jon, Justin Bieber, who just performed at a little private event here in Toronto, which Donovan was at, uh, Pitbull, Will I Am, Nicki Minaj, Taylor Swift. I would take the field if you could not have Taylor Swift. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Because I, I honestly believe 
that Taylor Swift is secure enough and she would not want to usurp Travis Kelsey's moment. Like, she's not the one being asked to be on camera. She's just there. She knows she's going to be on camera, but she's not trying to be part of the uh, part of the show. So I think that she would uh, defer and show deference and respect to all the performers, both musically and athletically. So I think that she would uh, she would demur. She would not be. Uh, she's not going to be a part of it. But you know she's going to be shown during Usher's performance. Obviously. Like, how much is she dancing? Is she singing along? Is she, well, she's in line to get another she slider. Might. She's not. She doesn't even care about the performance. Like she has to be on the entire time. Yeah, that's a tough one because it's almost like you do want to bounce. But yeah, she'll be a part of the conversation because she's in a she's in a no win spot there. You know, she is. Uh, she's either going to be like, oh, look at her trying to steal Usher's moment. Or it'll be like, oh, she didn't have the common decency to sit there and watch Usher. Uh, she she went to the bathroom during his performance. Like, I feel bad for her because there's like, there's nothing you can do. I I would just try to make sure that uh, Jason is around and uh, kind of like be shielded from him. So it's like, hey, like I'm here, I'm attentive, I'm part. Like you're on a Zoom call, but you don't have your camera turned on. You know what I'm saying? Like you're like, hey, you know, like I'm in the room, like. Oh, you chime in, but like, be like, okay, like you can kind of see that I'm moving around, but you can't see me because uh, Jason Kelsey is uh, shielding me. The it's always you always have to look at who they've collabed with in the past, and that's where a lot of these come from. I for me, like, I don't know. I would love to see Post Malone, but I don't think that that one's gonna happen. Um, no. I'm gonna go. I think Alicia Keys is the obvious one, but I also don't think that My Boo is a song that needs to be played at the Super Bowl. So I struggle with that one. And she's the odds on favorite. Um, I'm going to eliminate Justin Bieber off the board because I don't think that that's happening. Uh, I'm going to go with Lil Jon. I think it's Alicia Keys. You're right. My boo is not a Super Bowl song, but you just need a transitional element. You just need to interlude into Alicia Keys. There's the piano, a little bit of my boo. Then you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of a break. I'm going to do a costume change. Alicia, you play three songs that you'd like to play, and then I come back. I think that's how it happens. Ooh, that's a good call. I know that I know that Usher has two collabs with Lil Jon. Adds to the element here. So I'm going with that. Rank, how about you? No, I like the Alicia Keys. I, I like that scenario. What if it's Coldplay? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Remember how embarrassing? Like, how did how did Coldplay get asked to do Super Bowl Fifty? Of all, like, like a milestone Super Bowl. And they knew immediately that it was terrible. Like, oh, that's a bad idea. Uh, uh, Beyonce, you and uh, Bruno Mars, can you guys save this, please? And uh, that was embarrassing. But, uh, yeah, I do think Alicia Keys makes the most sense here. Okay, not really. This isn't really a hot take on the Coldplay thing. You know what I think the biggest detriment uh, no. for Coldplay was? Because I've seen I've seen them Coldplay? live and they well, stop. Oh. I've seen them live. Um, I did not pay for the tickets, but it was a fantastic show. Also, it was at the Rogers Center here in Toronto and it was dark. I think them doing a concert in the in the middle of the day was not helpful for them either. I think the added yeah. the addition of darkness, whether you be in a dome or the, it actually being nighttime where you are, I think that helps the the act itself. I think playing in the daytime doesn't help anybody. H- kind of a hot. That's take. true. Okay, I, I, I get it. I get it. I wonder too. Like, what are the killers up to? Where are they? 
how are they not involved here? Like, this is kind of a, I wish they would go back to like, hey, you're, we're in Las Vegas. Who is the biggest act to come out of Las Vegas in some time? That's what I was the trying killers. to look for. Yeah, I was trying to look for that. Like, like, nobody, nobody's calling. Uh, nobody's calling Garth Brooks, right? Yeah, like there's. Uh, yeah, there's something to be said about that. I wish. Um, What's I'm Barry Manilow doing? Oh, okay, great! Now you've gone too far. <laughs> now that's a bridge. Celine's back. Maybe who knows. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think at Adele? when it comes to the super when it comes to the Super Bowl, anything is possible, right? Do they just do a mashup of people who have had residencies? Like Britney comes out for Britney, yeah, two really minutes. Cool. Like then Adele comes out for ninety seconds. Like they were just hitting you over and over and Lance over. Lance just said Christina Aguilera has a, a residency there. Christina Aguilera. I would be okay with if Christina Aguilera appeared on the screen. I would be fine with that. Okay, Rank, we got to run. Um, does Usher dress as Elvis at some point? Oh, that's a – no, he can't. I hope not. I, yeah, I hope not. Um, okay, so a couple things before we wrap up here. One, do you have a prediction for this week? I do. It's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. I feel like they they are much more advanced defensively than the Lions and the Packers, and if the 49ers find themselves struggling in the early going, which I anticipate – it is going to be tough for them to rally against them uh, because they had an easier opportunity against the Lions, the inexperience of the Lions, and the chokiness of the Packers. So, for me, it's going to be the Chiefs, and uh, I think they'll have a they'll have a pretty comfortable handle on it for most of the game. I I feel like I'm kind of leaning the same way, unfortunately. Okay, this is our last hit of the season, Mr. Rank. You've what? been so awesome. Uh, our show ends next Tuesday. Um, you've been so awesome. Can we just us. call you back at this time, like not on there, and just pick your brain about stuff? Yeah, we we'll just have yeah, a chat. We'll just hang out. Yeah, we'll just hang out. Yeah, we'll just hang out on, on the way to school, and they'll just sit here and have a chat and talk about uh, go over the game. Uh, we love it. You've been so awesome with us all season. We appreciate you joining us each and every Wednesday. Enjoy the Super Bowl, sir, and I'm sure we will be in touch in the near future. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on. This has been a lot of fun. So uh, thanks for having me, and I hope we can do it again next season. Uh, same with us here. Uh, thank you very much, sir. There he goes, Adam Rank from the NFL Network and the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. We are heavy on time. Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus joins us. Take a look at his list of free agents on the offensive side of the ball, potential landing spots, and what the narrative will be with this year's free agency. I have a take on that. We'll get to that when we come back. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett. This is the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the fan checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett with you here. Uh, let's get right to our guest. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus joins us live from Las Vegas. Um, before we get into the free agency stuff, because you did a couple of great pieces for Pro Football Focus, what has been your impressions of Vegas uh, as a first-time host so far? Uh, it's, been, it's been nice. It's very organized. It's, it's a connection between the Mandalay Bay and the Luxor, and um, everything is just well mapped out. Uh, I got to give the NFL credit. It's been, it's been a good event. 
I'm good. That's good to hear because I do want it to go back so that we can go back and get there to Vegas <laughs> at some point. Um, all right. So when we look at free agency, and for those that, that haven't seen it, please go to Pro Football Focus. Look up Brad's stuff on that website. It's fantastic. Um, how do you evaluate the skill position and QB free agent group this year? Because to me, I look at it, and it feels like running back, even though it's the position that apparently nobody values, it's the one that offers the most intrigue. How do you view this year's class? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Just sticking with the running backs real quick. It's interesting. It's not perceived to be a great draft class either, which is a really, really big factor, particularly at running back, where if the league thinks they can find a comfortable player in the draft, or maybe you know late day two, early day three, then those mid-tier free agents really get dinged a bit. But it's not looking like a good class there, and there are, you know, say, from Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, et cetera, there's some good football players available. Uh, like you said, no one really wants to pay the position, but – Maybe they get some decent deals just because, you know, there isn't an alternative available in the draft. So, yeah, quarterback, I think, is pretty good. You don't really get, you know, starting caliber, high-end starting caliber quarterbacks in free agency. They wouldn't be a free agent if that was the case. So, you get Kirk Cousins. I mean, Ryan Tannehill still can be a good bridge to the future. And then there's quality backups, like a Gardner Minshew, a Jacoby Brissett, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, I think, goes back to Tampa on a pretty good deal. But um, not bad there. The last one with receiver. Obviously, some great names. You see T. Higgins get excited. You see Michael Pittman. I think both of those guys get franchise tag, go back to their team. And then real quickly, you're looking at, you know, Calvin Ridley and Marquise Brown, some good pieces, but not those top-end guys that you'd hope to hit the market. <laughs> when you look at these Super Bowl teams, certainly there's a bedrock of them building through the draft, but they also have made some real key free agent acquisitions that help them get here. What do you make of the job that John Lynch and Brett Veach have done using roster-building tools in various ways? Yeah, no, it's a great show. They both have also you know, made some important trades, whether it's sending players away like a Tyree Kill, to bring in a George Karloftis for Kansas City. You get cheaper, you save a bunch of money, you bring in, now your number one edge rusher going into this game. Uh, you know, stuff like that is key because it just enables you to retain some other talent as well. Um, yeah, they've they both been great. You look at their DBs they've taken in the later rounds. Uh, their ability to hit on those, you know, fourth rounders with Darius Mead in Kansas City, get Shamari Connor, the rookie this year, uh, Jalen Williams. Like, there are so many talented players they've both taken uh, in those late rounds. You know, Fred Warner and, and Dre Greenlaw for San Francisco, one of the best starting linebacker duos in the NFL. So, yeah, we could go all day, but they've made a lot of good draft picks. They have premium talent. There's a reason they're playing in this game on Sunday. Uh, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus joining Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett here on the fan checkdown. So, you know, you mentioned the wide receiver group not being very good. They're also hindered by the fact that, by all accounts, this is a really good wide receiver draft um, and and quarterback as well. Um, I wanted to focus on those wide receivers. So when we look at, you know, you mentioned Higgins and Pittman probably going to get tagged. I mean, maybe Higgins gets traded, but I feel like that's a long shot. After, after that, you know, Mike Evans, Hollywood Brown, Calvin Ridley, Darnell Mooney, even in that conversation, um, who is the one that makes the biggest impact? Because Mike Evans is a little bit older, and he's only played in Tampa, and maybe he stays there. Hollywood Brown's been up and down. Calvin Ridley is coming off of a really up-and-down season, and Darnell Mooney feels like he has the potential to be, you know, like a 1B receiver, but really hasn't done it to that extent. Which of, let's say, which of those four in Evans, Hollywood Brown, Ridley, and Darnell Mooney will have the most interest? Yeah, I, I still am a believer in, in Marquise Brown. He has missed some time to the injury the last couple of years, which has been unfortunate. 
not being able to kind of get on the same page with his old buddy and Kyler Murray. You watch him play, though, when he's healthy. He still has burst off the line to separate, uh, you know, from press coverage and, and has a good release package. He is good over the intermediate and deep parts of the field. You know, for his size, I think he's pretty good in you know tight window throws, contested throws. So I still am a believer in what Marquise Williams can bring to a football team. Um, and then really, you know, he's 29 years old, so kind of in the Mike Evans bucket, where I would say Evans, but there's just there is kind of that downside risk and that scare of you know this is the age Julio Jones got paid and uh, and pretty quickly got sent to Tennessee. So as much as I love Mike Evans, we are kind of on that cusp, especially for. You know, big-bodied, long-striding, deep threat that, you know, it just he misses practice a lot for hamstrings and stuff like that. All the little things that Julio Jones uh, did as well. Um, so, so Calvin really to me, 29, still kind of up there in age, but he watched him last year, can play as an X receiver, can play as a move, you know, can line up in the slot, can do a lot of different things, and is still uh, one of the better late separators in the NFL. Great hands that were, were very bad throughout the year. He had a bunch of drops early, but got way better as the year went on as he settled in, um, I think those guys and Marquise Brown can go somewhere and be, like you said, a, a 1B. And love Darnell Mooney, great second year at 1,000 yards, you know, as a second-year player. I, I think he's going to take one of those one-year flyer types, go to a contender. The Bears have had the fewest passing yards in the NFL during his career. Uh, you know, go somewhere else, get a high-volume, high-target share, and then try to hit the market again in the next offseason. Uh, just a quick one on on Calvin Ridley there, because a lot of people don't know that if he does sign an extension with the Jags or stays with them, that they have to offer up a second round pick to the Atlanta Falcons. Do you think that there's any chance that he stays in Jacksonville or because of that second round pick tag that is also attached to him? It's a great shout because they also misplayed the Josh Allen situation and the two are connected because they're now going to, it looks like use their franchise tag on Josh Allen. Um, and that stipulation in that trade, that condition, would not have applied with a tag. It is only for an extension. Um, so it would have been the same third-round pick instead of that second-round pick that you mentioned. But now because they need to use the tag on Josh Allen, and they do, they cannot afford to lose Josh Allen, they are probably going to have to, if they want to keep Calvin Ridley, sign that extension, send that second-round pick to Atlanta. I do still think it's possible. You know, I think you make that trade in your mind. You've already given up the six of uh, the three. So it's not like you're giving up a second. You're just, you know, moving up a whole other round. But, but, but I wouldn't be shocked if he goes elsewhere. But I, I do think there's a path back to Jacksonville nonetheless. When you look at some of the defensive impact players in the Super Bowl, I wonder if they'll be on these teams next year. Chris Jones is, continues to hit those incentives, but it would be really expensive to franchise him. And then, you know, on the other side, Chase Young, I wonder, do the 49ers want to have him moving forward. What do you make of what the markets will look like for them this offseason? And would what happens on Sunday change it at all? Chris Jones has continued to play at a truly elite level. Um, you know, maybe the best interior defensive lineman this season. You know, Aaron Donald obviously still exists and is one of the greatest defensive players of all time. But I think you're seeing a bit of a passing of the torch to Chris Jones, where he can now line up off the edge, which we saw Aaron Donald do, and, and beat tackles around the corner uh, and get to the quarterback. I mean, just a, a dynamic, dynamic player at 6'5", 300 pounds that can line up you know, as a defensive end or an outside linebacker, essentially, um, and, and win these reps. I, I think he's going to get, even at 29, um, a, a significant, significant deal in the neighborhood of you know, 26, 27 to 30, uh, maybe is the high side number, uh, million dollars per year. It is going to be a marquee contract. And then you know, Chase Young is fascinating. I mean, you saw the lack of pursuit, uh, you know, a lack of effort in some plays 
uh, in the NFC Championship game against Detroit. Super talented, had a good year, had a bounce back year. Um, you know, still has that burst off the line. It's not quite the same bendy player that he was because of those knee injuries back in his college days, but still a very talented player. I just, you know, you got to see effort. And, and, and so I wonder if they just say, hey, we traded a third for him to make it to the Super Bowl, and, and we're going to let him walk, try to get a compensatory draft pick for his, his departure. Uh, I could see it playing out that way as well. Here's a kind of a big picture question here. And just, you know, the, the kind of recent history of the NFL and free agency, but I guess we can go back further. What is the position or position group that teams make the biggest mistakes on, in your opinion? It's a good question. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because you'd think maybe it's paying too much for the non-premium positions. Does that I mean, you know, off-ball linebacker, safety, running back, interior offensive line? Really, though, I think it's when they chase, you know, an edge rusher, maybe a wide receiver, things like that. And I think the way that it is because if an incumbent team, the original team, has a young, very, very talented player at one of those positions that's so hard to find talent, and B, if you do have it, it's such a boost to your offense. Offensive tackle, edge rusher, receiver, like I said, if they're letting that guy go to the market, it's, it's, a big, it's a big red flag. It's different if they say, hey, look, we can't afford to pay this safety. Good player. We love him. But we just can't, you know, we, we got to go cheap somewhere. That's a different calculus. So I think it really is kind of chasing, you know, chasing the best available, you know, edge rusher is probably a good example. Um, and they just, they just don't ever live up to those big deals they get in free agency. Uh, one more before we let you run here. Um, to me, he's the most interesting free agent because it's at the premium position, which is quarterback. He's a veteran who's had success. Um, where do you think Kirk Cousins ends up? Or at least where would you like to see him end up? Atlanta. I think Atlanta's a great spot for him. They're picking at eighth overall in the draft, so maybe they are in the range of getting the you know, third or maybe fourth quarterback off the board. But I think even if they want to go that route, you draft Kirk Cousins, you stash the young quarterback for a year, maybe two. Um, I, I just think it's, it's a good offensive line, good weapons, a, a, a Los Angeles Rams, you know, tree offense that, that Kirk Cousins is now, of course, familiar with because Kevin O'Connell is his head coach in Minnesota. So he's running probably a very, very similar off to what they're going to bring to the Atlanta Falcons. I, I think that's a good move for all parties. And that's a team that if they get Kirk Cousins, I think is going to win the NFC South uh, division uh, next year. Uh, and Arthur Smith isn't there. So that's probably the best part of all of that if Kirk Cousins ends up there. Uh, Brad, listen, thank you so much for doing this. This was a lot of fun. Um, enjoy the rest of Super Bowl week. It sounds like the sun is out in Las Vegas. So make sure you catch some rays while you're out there. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. There he goes. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. How do you like Kirk Cousins in Atlanta? I love it. People that, that have Kyle Pitts in, and Drake London in, in dynasty leagues would be absolutely thrilled. And life is all about perspective, right? You, when in Minnesota, you've gone so far. And can you take that team over the top? You kind of get tired of him. He's making a lot of money. But you take him with the skill position players in Atlanta, a team that has won seven games in a row forever. Uh, seven games on a year forever. All of a sudden in a division that is somewhat easy, a low bar to clear, uh, I, I think he's a great fit for that group. And for a young team, it's good to have a professional to teach them how to be a pro. Yeah, a guy that can actually complete passes.
It's time now. For, that part. Yeah, it's time now for bet slip. Brought to you by Proline Plus, the only sports book where 100% of the profits go back to Ontario. I'm going with running back totals today, Donovan. Best so, position in the sport. It feels like these two guys are going to be big factors in this game on Sunday. I, that goes without saying. But I'm looking at these totals and I'm like, mm, there's a lot of intrigue here. Let's start with rushing attempts. This one is interesting because I wonder about the shoulder injury. Christian McCaffrey over under 18 and a half carries. Over. Over. Hmm. Name the scenario. He's a big part of it. Niners up. Got to run it. Run out the clock. Patrick Mahomes is hot. Got to run it. Keep the Chiefs offense off the field. They have to feed it to him. They're going to hear for two weeks how bad Baltimore was in not running it against a bad Chiefs run defense. They're going to run it a lot. Yeah. Isaiah Pacheco, this feels like an easy one. Over, under 15 and a half carries. Again, over. There are three people who Andy Reid is designing plays for. One of them is Isaiah Pacheco. So, yeah, he's going to get it. Rasheed Rice is going to get it. Travis Kelsey's going to get it. Nobody else is going to get yeah, it. Yeah, nobody. don't give anybody else the ball, please. Uh, rushing and receiving yard combination totals. Christian McCaffrey, over, under 128 and a half. Over. Yeah, I think over, too. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco over under 89 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I'm also going to go over. Yeah, I think so too. I think the running backs are going to be a massive, massive part of this game on Sunday. Boy, oh boy. That was Bet Slip brought to you by ProLine Plus, the only sports book where 100% of the profits go back to Ontario. Thanks to our guests today, Adam Rank, Brad Spielberger. Tomorrow, former NFL DB. Dante Whitner, who likes to be called Dante Hitner, he will join us and maybe another guest as well. We're still trying to work out the details, uh, but hopefully we'll get that done. Thanks to Lance behind the glass, Donovan across the table, Matt Marchese signing off. This has been the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Enjoy the rest of the day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.